Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you GEICO has more than just great savings. Much more. GEICO's been around for more than 75 years, back when they were using Morse code. Sorry, that's just my sense of humor. What's more, with GEICO, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents on the app, online, or over the phone, so you can talk to them at night or in the morning. So forevermore, just know that no other auto insurer has more more than GEICO. More power to you. GEICO. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Joyce Barry and Friends, the number one worldwide radio show. The show's outrageous and it's contagious. It will lift your spirits high, you'll feel that you can fly. Transform your attitude, fill it with gratitude. Cut loose and improvise, it's coaching time today. Joyce is a great coach with an extraordinary approach. Fast on the upbeat, top of the heap. A wild motivator, great stimulator. Unstoppable in a humoristic way. Life lessons with passion, joyfully today. You want Joyce as your coach if you want this to be your best year ever. Joyce Barry, personal and professional success coach and your host. Thanks for joining us today. We always have hot guests and cool topics. Today our very cool guest is Stuart Emery, an extraordinary leader, an extraordinary person, and one of my extraordinary mentors. This is the Hour to Empower. This is Jubilant July. I am so jubilant that Stuart is our guest today. I am so jubilant that I'm moving to Florida at the end of this month and starting in a whole new world with a whole new life. I am so jubilant for all the miracles that have manifested and the support that I've been receiving and having one of my dreams come true, and that is starting afresh in sunny Florida. Tune us on, tune in, and tune up with the best of the best on Joyce, Barry, and Friends. You do not want to miss any of our special shows. Each show is in our archives. You need only log in to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Joyce Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and you will see each guest and each topic on the left side of the home page. You can play and download any of our shows. You will want to share these inspiring messages with your friends, family, and contacts. Keep up with us. Don't miss any of the shows. Always informative, inspiring, and motivational. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can follow us by going to our Blog Talk Radio homepage. Simply click follow on the upper left side, right below my picture, and please note that right below the word follow, it says message. And you can click on that and message me about the show, about our guests, about anything. I promise you that I do read all the messages. The chat room is open. Log into the chat room and have fun and chat away. I do go back and forth into the chat room during the show to see if there is anything you want to ask me or our guests or a comment on. Motivation, inspiration, and an education. Positive, happy thoughts to improve your life, health, and finances. Take positive actions to create a gratifying lifestyle. Life lessons from me, your host, Joyce Barry, straight from the Coach's Corner. And then our very special guest today, Stuart Emery. You do not want to miss this show. To make sure that you're wide awake and eager to hear what Stuart has to offer, we're going to start with a wake-up call. Here is success coach Joyce Berry with a wake-up call. A call for riches coming my way today and each and every day. A call for opportunities here and now. Incredible ways to make money. Wow. A call for good health, a mind and body that's sound because of the amazing healthy products I found. A call to the Lord to make my dreams come true. Just give me the wisdom to know what to do. And folks, if you know what to do, just do it. If not now, when? So, folks, from the Coach's Corner, I want to share with you something called the Game of Life, Play to Win. 
and it was inspired by one of my best, best friends, Anonymous. Life is a challenge, meet it, a gift, accept it, an adventure, dare it, sorrow, overcome it, tragedy, face it, duty, perform it, a mystery, unfold it, a song, sing it, an opportunity, take it, a journey, complete it, a promise, fulfill it, beauty, praise it, a struggle, fight it, a goal, achieve it, a puzzle, solve it, a game, play it, and play it to win. And why I was inspired to use that particular uh, poem from uh, for today's show is because I recollect when I did this workshop called Actualizations that was co-founded by Stuart Emery, our guest today, along with Carol Augustus, and that workshop was all those things. It was a challenge and a gift and an adventure and a journey and all those wonderful things. It was an experience in a lifetime I will never forget because when I was on this path of doing so many workshops, that one clearly went down and still remains to be my all-time favorite. Uh, Stuart, what did you think of that A Game of Life, Play to Win? Does those things resonate with you? And then I'll give you a formal introduction. Well, it certainly resonates. I, um, I think you've got to be really careful about uh, how you define winning. How. First of all, I'd like to say good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, wherever you are in the world on this show. For me, it's uh, just uh, past 8 o'clock here in California. Uh, but this idea of winning is not about beating other people. I remember being in Singapore oh, was a couple of years ago when we were doing a world tour for MasterCard. You know, we worked with them and uh, worked with them to produce the Priceless Campaign and, and, and had thousands of employees go through a five-day workshop. And uh, we were flipping channels in the hotel in Singapore and we saw um, Becca and uh, I think another, uh, another world-class tennis player whose name escapes me at the moment. Uh, it might have been McEnroe, but anyhow, or it might have been Borg. But they were on, and they were talking about why they love to play each other. And what they put up was the original meaning of the word competition, which means actually to seek the best in yourself in the company of others who are seeking the best in themselves. And they said what they loved about playing each other, that no matter who won the game, they both won because they played the best of their lives when they played each other since they had the capacity to bring out the best in each other. And, and that puts a different spin on it. And, and that was the inspiration for the original Olympic Games. So in this culture, we tend to be obsessed, well, I've got to win and beat everybody else. And uh, it's not about winning to beat everybody else. It's about, in the pursuit of winning, becoming the best you can be, which is... Uh, I'm currently working on two books, and so that's the topic of the other book I'm working on. The first book is Who's in Your Room? The second book is Whatever You Are, Be a Good One. Terrific. And I just want to say, Stuart, uh, we are exactly on the same page because this is about play to win the game of life, but I always come from win-win. In every endeavor, in every contact, it's all about, it, you, you, it isn't about you win, I lose, I win, you lose. It's about we both win in our relationship together, in our projects together. It's a game of life where we all get to win. So I'm totally on board with you on that one. So let me tell you who is Stuart Emery besides being one of my favorite people because of the difference that he's made in my life. He brings to success to last a lifetime of experience as an entrepreneur, executive coach, and leader, and is considered one of the fathers of the human potential movement. He served as the first CEO of the S Training, was the co-founder with Carol, along with Carol Augustus of Actualizations. He led workshops and seminars in dozens of countries and has conducted coaching interviews with over 12,000 people in the last three decades. Stuart is the best-selling author of the book, You Don't Have to Rehearse to Be Yourself, of which I have an autographed copy, which I absolutely treasure, and I just looked at it the other day. He, he also wrote The Owner's Manual for Your Life. He's been 
been featured on TV and radio talk shows, including co-hosting a human sexuality TV talk show in Los Angeles in the mid-70s. Tens of thousands of people have attended his workshops, seminars, and speaking engagements around the globe. Stuart also is co-founder, along with Joan Emery and president of Belvedere Consultants, a boutique consulting firm located in the San Francisco Bay Area. Their passion is to support individuals and organizations turning their talent into performance and enduring success. He, in the late 70s, Stewart was selected by the national media as one of the 10 most influential people in the human potential movement, and he truly is one of the most influential people in my life. With great pleasure, it is truly an honor to have with us today Stuart Emery. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the show, Stuart. Uh, thank you so much, Joyce. Such a pleasure to be here. It's good things you're doing. And I know you have a very exciting topic today, who is in your room, and to be the best you can be. And all I know is I've been to so many of your seminars, and I always found golden nuggets out of each and every one. So I have my pad ready, my pen ready. The floor is yours. Well, yeah, thank you, Joyce. So it's a, it's, it's a long story of how we got here. I mean, obviously I've been on this journey a while, and I'm the living example of life's what happens to you while you're making other plans. Uh, because I was an advertising man in Australia and uh, a photographer, cinematographer. Uh, I produced creative uh, work for ad agencies. And um, I came to the United States and uh, stood on the corner of Hayden Ashbury in 1971. And believe me, that was when it was all happening in San Francisco. The, the, the human potential movement was just being born in its current iteration. And I stood on that corner in Hayden Ashbury. I said, good heavens, I'm not in Sydney anymore. So although I only came for a couple of weeks, I'm still here. And, uh, and it's been quite a journey. But it's one of the things I want to talk about. Um, you, you spoke about the first two books. Uh, we've done a few since then. We did a book called uh, Success Built to Last. One of the great, great business books of all time was written by uh, Jerry Porras and Jim Collins called Built to Last. Uh, about what makes great companies great. And uh, after that book became a runaway bestseller, uh, we were talking down at Stanford uh, Graduate School of Business one day, and uh, we were saying, you know what? We tell people what the characteristics of great companies are, but we don't tell them like, how to get there. So we thought, well, at the end of the day, great companies are built by people who are great people. People have learned how to be successful and have learned how to make success last and have learned how to serve other people. So why don't we go talk to them? So we teamed up with another fellow called Mark Thompson, and collectively we had interviews with uh, several hundred of the world's most successful people. We had Steve Jobs, Warren Buffett, uh, Michael Dell, Richard Branson. We had Oprah. Um, we had people you may not have heard of. Uh, we interviewed Muhammad Yunus before he won the uh, Nobel Peace Prize for micro-lending. Uh, we spoke to great physicians and, and scientists. We spoke to Quincy Jones, Maya Angelou. I mean, the list went on and on. And the topic was always the same. Okay, so how did you get from wherever to here? And so that book came out. It's in, like 20, I think, over 25 languages now, Joyce. Uh, and still available, obviously, on Amazon. And um, so so when you do a book like that, people say, well, I always ask, who was the most exciting person you talked to? And I hate that question, so I know you're not going to ask it, Joyce, because you can't make a choice. I think you've <laughs> got to be in the moment with each person and say each one was a wonderful experience. I mean, what, about, what I love about my life is I get to talk to the most fascinating people on earth. And, and pretty much now people, when I call, answer the phone. So... Um, people then ask, okay, so what's the one thing you learned? Can we have it in an elevator pitch? And I said, well, how long is the elevator ride? Is it 40 floors like are we in New York or are we in a building in California? It's only three floors. And uh, so I did the three-floor elevator pitch. And basically what we found was that very, very successful people uh, had done two things. They had discovered what it is they love to do what their calling is. 
Uh, and that's not an obvious thing to be able to find out, by the way. And the next thing they did was they learned how to be really good at it. And, and, and that's what became important. Uh, because we realized that if you look at the school system, if you look at the uh, university system, they don't teach people how to get good at something. The process of getting good. You know, they have to study, they have to, have to do the other. But it's just you do these steps. But, but that's not it. There's a whole process about how you actually get good at doing something that you love. And so uh, we're doing that as a book now. And we're doing workshops out of it. We're doing one in Minneapolis next month on the 23rd of August uh, called Accelerated Mastery. But what inspired this book uh, was when we were doing a follow-up interview for Success Built the Last, we uh, re-spoke to a gentleman called Ed Penowitz, who's in the book Success Built the Last. And uh, we got the story in just under the wire. Uh, Ed, uh, when we met him, was running the Gordon and Betty Moore Foundation. Now, that's uh, Gordon Moore, as in Moore's Law. He was a founder of Intel. And... Uh, before that, Ed was uh, running a company. He was the most successful biotech CEO in the history of biotech. He had a company called Chiron that did a lot of groundbreaking work on isolating the AIDS virus. And before that, he was professor of biochemistry at UC Berkeley. So we're having a pretty heady conversation. This is one seriously bright scientist and a very, very accomplished business leader. And I said, uh, well, Ed, um, that's, this is heady stuff, but imagine I'm one of your graduate students in chemistry at UC Berkeley, and I'm about to graduate, and I'm about to go out into the world, and I'm kind of figuring out the world probably is not quite the same as UC Berkeley campus. Is there anything you can tell me that might actually be practically useful when I walk out the door? And Ed looks at me, and he lights up. He's like a little leprechaun. He says, oh, Stuart, I'm so glad you asked. He said, because you know something? I'm a great believer in fortune cookies. What do I got to tell you? I just rolled my eyes like, this guy's a scientist. What's with the fortune cookies, right? He believes in DNA and human genome and all this other stuff, not fortune cookies. He said, no, no, really. I was at a Chinese restaurant in Berkeley with some students, and my fortune cookie said, whatever you are, be a good one. It's a Chinese fortune cookie. It wasn't Abraham Lincoln who said that. He said, yeah, but the Chinese, you know, they borrow everything. I said, okay, whatever, but tell me more about this. And he said, well, here's the thing. I've found that whether it's in your personal life or your business life, whether you want to be a great individual or a titan of industry, the best advice I can give anybody is whatever you are, be a good one. So here's the thing. That means that whatever job or whatever task you have in front of you, you dedicate yourself to being really good at it. He said, I know kids that come out of graduate schools, you know, in this world, they can't even get jobs anymore. And he said, the reason they can't is they haven't demonstrated they can do anything well other than answer their professor's questions. And he said, I watched them come out with the chess game of their life all figured out. And, you know, I try not to hire them because, uh, you know, all I got at school was a PhD in arrogance that they went to Harvard or Stanford or one of these fancy schools. He said, but, you know, you give them a job and they resent the fact that they're not senior vice president by next week. And he said, if you give them a job they don't like, they don't do it very well. And they don't understand that, uh, you know, people don't say, well, Fred's not doing that very well because that's not his thing. They just decide that Fred's uh, a loser or, or Fred's uh, a pain in the neck. So Fred doesn't get the opportunities. So on the other hand, if you just come in and you start doing the job that's in front of you now really, really well, people will look at you and say, you know what? That person is really committed to doing that well. That's the kind of person I want on my team. And he said, even if it's not your thing that you're doing or struggling to do really, really, really well, you're learning life's most important school, which is how to get really good at something. Because your life calling may not have been invented yet. He said, but when you're committed to doing whatever in front of you really, really well, people will start opening doors for you to opportunities that you didn't know existed. 
They said that's why life tends to be a serendipitous journey because people who are committed to being good at something, whatever is in front of them, uh, they're making their own luck. And then when the thing that's your life calling comes along, you'll know how to get good at it. He said, I watch people find their life calling. They stumble across it. But because they don't know how to get good enough at it for it to do them some good, it becomes a great suffering. Well, Joyce, I've got to tell you, that conversation has traveled with me ever since. And, and I realize it's been true in my own life. You know, I'm, I've always been committed to doing things well, and I've done a number of things. And as a result of that, I've watched opportunities open up, and my life has been a serendipitous journey. So, uh, you know, what I love to do is uh, help people uh, find out what their life calling is and then start to teach them a process to become really, really good at it. You know, you can become world-class at anything you want to do if you're willing to put in uh, deliberate practice. In fact, uh, Jack Canfield and I are going to Maui a week from tomorrow. We've got uh, 25 people, 20 people there that we're going to walk through this uh, this process. You know, they want to reinvent their lives. So we actually have a couple of slots left, but uh, we're very excited about that. Then I'm doing a program in uh, Minneapolis starting uh, August the 23rd called Accelerated Mastery, which is you know, how you really get good at something. So that's kind of what I'm into, and part of that whole conversation of how you get good at something is uh, this question of who's in your room. But we're probably coming up on a commercial break here, aren't we, Joyce? I'm just trying to keep track of time. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, before I do that, I, you said there are a few spots left in this Hawaii training with Jack Hanfield, and, of course, he's the... Uh, the author of so many of those chicken soup for the soul kind of books, which I absolutely love. So regarding those spots, how do they get in touch with you, Stuart, your website? How do they uh, book a spot in that training while it's still available? Okay, I'll give you a number when we come back. Okay. So right now, when uh, referencing what Stuart said, you know, be really good at what you love to do, there is nothing that I love to do more than to bring this show to you every weekday live at 11 a.m. And here's some things you should know about this show that was authored and spoken by one of our favorite guests, Beverly Nadler. Listen to me. I have something to say about a wonderful way to start your day a way to stimulate your mind and increase your energy, make you feel so good. And guess what? It's free. Weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, hear the Joyce, Barry, and Friends show. You'll find it on the Internet, on Blog Talk Radio. This show is upbeat and fun and very inspirational. It's informative, educational, and very motivational. There's the Coach's Corner, great quotes and news. There are suggestions, perspectives, and advice you can use to enhance your life and improve your health, plus clever, simple ways to increase your wealth. Joyce's perceptions and personality will keep you captivated, and her guests from many walks of life will always keep you fascinated. When Joyce and her friends speak, it's like you're in the conversation. This is part of what makes her show so unique, really a sensation. For Joyce's friends are not only the guests you're listening to, they're everyone who is tuning in. Yes, I do mean you. So refer your friends and family. They'll be so pleased to know. And let's make Joyce, Barry, and Friends the number one Internet radio show. And, folks, uh, that is our health guru, Beverly Nadler. She has the segment, Here's to Your Health Thursdays every single week with extraordinary topics that literally could make a huge difference and change your life. This Thursday, the topic is magic, miracles, and manifestations. So she is a regular on our show, and we're very blessed to have her. Okay, Stuart, so uh, you want to let the people know how they can reach you, your website, yes. and how they can participate in that extraordinary training in Hawaii. Yeah, and it's it's the last one we'll be doing there, in fact, uh, Jack sold the house. We're actually looking at buying a small island uh, 
uh, off the coast of Belize to do programs at. Uh, so this house has uh, been sold. Uh, but it's an incredible place, and people can see what it looks like if they, and find out how to join us. Uh, and it's meetusinmaui.com. So that's M-E-E-T-U-S-I-N-M-A-U-I, meetusinmaui.com. And there's videos there and photographs, and uh, uh, you can learn all about it, meetusinmaui.com. So I Jack and I are very excited so. about it. That I've done many trainings with Stuart. I've done many one-night seminars. It doesn't get better than that. I've never had the pleasure of meeting Jack Canfield, uh, but certainly he's a treasure, judging by the books that he's put out there for all of us. That's www.meetusinmaui.com. Jack holds the the, uh, distinction uh, of the Guinness Book of Records of being an author who has had the most number of books on the New York Times bestseller list at one time. He had eight books on the bestseller list at one time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And he's another that guy is that, amazing. I know. That's... He's another guy that goes all over the world. He's, you know, he's just a lovely man. He's just a lovely man and, and uh, dedicated his life to uh, supporting people, again, becoming successful. Well, in his travels around the world, we got to have him stop just long enough to do our live radio show one day. Yeah, he swears he's going to slow down a little bit. He just got back from Moscow. He'd been there for a few days doing a program and seminars. Well, I'll bet you're someone who never slows down, Stuart. I know you always have a lot on your plate. You're writing other books now and, you know, uh, planning trainings. Uh, so, you know, when you shared about being, uh, you know, your best and, and, and going forward and being a good one, uh, who I, I want you to talk a little bit about who is in your room because I know that is a very important topic as well. And we did cover it in great detail on November 18, 2011 in our archives. But for now, why don't you share what that's about because I know that's what you're focused on as well with your new book. Yes, yeah, so so we're doing this as a book, and and uh, there's a story attached to it. I I had a meeting with a with a wonderful woman who's kind of the uber agent in the self improvement uh, book market and uh, the science of of wellness. And uh, I was meeting with a with a friend, also a fellow called Alex Mendocian. We were looking at doing a book together, and um, so anyhow, I was there, and Alex was late, and Alex is usually not late. I mean, he refers to me as being chronically on time, and Alex is pretty much always on time, but he was really late. And so eventually comes bursting in the door, and he's embarrassed, and he apologized. He said, you know, something happened on the way. I said, yeah, whatever. He said, no, no. He said, I was driving along, and my friend Rick Sapio called. And um, he said, you know, Alex, we're doing a program on Richard Branson's island. He said, the man himself won't be there, but we're doing a book on, uh, on entrepreneurship. And uh, we want to do a, a workshop with people, and we want to talk about it. We've got some wonderful people coming, and we've got a slot for you. Uh, and Alex went in a diatribe of why he couldn't do that, and he had so much going on. And uh, uh, Rick said, "Well, you need a doorman." And Alex said, "What do you mean I need a doorman? You know, I, I don't have a circular drive. I don't need a doorman." And Rick said, well, Alex, can you pull over to the side of the road because I need to talk to you. So Alex, by this time, was off the freeway on his way up to Bonnie's house. So he pulled over, and uh, so they had this conversation. And uh, so I'll I'll do this with people. So all of us who are on this call and those of you who will be listening to the tape, I want you to just get quiet and maybe close your eyes if you like to because we do what we call contemplative learning. We do guided contemplations. And a contemplation is where you just notice your thoughts and feelings and images about a topic without an agenda, without trying to necessarily solve a problem or get a specific outcome. There's no goal attached to it other than to notice what arises in consciousness. So I want you to imagine that you live your entire life in one room. Okay, so this can be any kind of room you like. You can design it yourself. You can decorate it any way you like. You can have a kitchen annex in it, whatever you need, a workout room. And when you travel, 
imagine that the room rests on like a magic carpet. So when you travel, you travel in this room. And what's uh, unusual about the room is that it only has one door. And you might say, well, actually, that's not very unusual. Lots of rooms only have one door. But what's unusual about this one door is that it is a one-way door. In, but not out. Entrance, but not exit. And here's why it matters. Whoever comes in that door, through that door into your room, and whatever they bring with them is with you in the room of your life forever. Now, it is a little part of you about to say, but Stuart, that can't possibly be true. While it not be physically, literally true, it is, in fact, as far as your brain is concerned, literally true. It gets stored in the holograph of your brain and it's there forever for your mind, whatever metaphor you want to use for that. So, if you knew that this was true, and you do now, and you look at all of the people that are in your room now, and it's probably getting very crowded, if you now know going forward that whoever else comes in is going to be there with you forever, would you choose more carefully? Because that is such a cool story. That is really cool. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great story. Because at the end of the day, the quality of your life, whether or not you're happy or sad, peaceful, conflicted, angry, successful, not successful, loving, not loving, the quality of your life is a function of who's in your room. And one of the things we've learned is, as we're researching whatever you are, be a good one, is that people who become world-class at something become world-class at it as a function of who they have in their room while they're getting good at it. It's just amazing. It's an incredibly powerful idea. And so we run whole workshops in this. It's, it's such an important topic because, and how we get to the dormant idea is, um, what you need is this virtual dormant. And in the programs, we teach people how to select and train the doorman. And this doorman is outside the door to your room, and your doorman is fully informed about your values, your passions, what matters to you, what has meaning for you, what your goals are, the kind of life you want to lead, the quality of experience you want to have in your life. And the doorman doesn't let anybody into your room that isn't fully aligned with all of these things that are important to you. And that's huge. Because until you know what matters to you, what your values are, you're really crystal clear about it, in life you can't tell the difference between an opportunity and a distraction. And we live in an age of super distraction. I don't know about your phone, Joyce, but my smartphone is a moron. It never knows when to not interrupt me. You know, I'm getting all these, what do they call it, notifications, right? Beat this, beat that, ring this, ring that. It's like the whole world is on a conspiracy of constant interruption and distraction. And you just have to learn how to manage all of that. I mean, if you take people like Warren Buffett, still one of the richest men on earth, like he reads eight hours a day. So he's not notifications aren't going off. Richard Branson goes to his island. He doesn't have a phone with him. Can't reach him with a text message. He doesn't check his Facebook. I wish people do all of these things to allow themselves to get seduced by the distractions and it's costing them their dreams. Well, that was very, very powerful. And I want to share some of the things uh, relating to my relationship with you and the workshops that was very powerful for me. I know when we went to the seminars, we always said there's going to be one 
particular gem, one particular quote minimum in each one uh, that's going to really knock your socks off. And the one that I use to this day, and this is my quote from Stuart Emery when I was in his workshop, that is my favorite is, a great leader gets his job done someone else's way. And it was very powerful for me because I'm always in charge of people. I'm always managing teams. And it's so important that you get your job done but that you don't micromanage people, that you let them do it their way unless, you know, where it's obviously way too long or it's not correct. But for the most part, when you entrust something uh, something to someone, you want to give them space. You want to let them do it their way and that was very very powerful for me and I know on every seminar you had several of those that we always took great notes and and had it but the key in life folks is not your notes but that you put into action that you live what it is that you learn wouldn't you say that's true Stuart yeah yeah I think that that's um, that ought to be a commitment I think that we all aspire to uh, and I'm not able to do it all the time, Joyce, but mostly I do. Um, I, I talked about Success Book the Last with my dear friend Jerry Porras, who's a, a professor emeritus of organizational change and executive leadership development at the uh, Stanford University Graduate School of Business. And um, so we were sitting around having lunch a little bit ago, and I said, so, Jerry, you've been at this a long time, and you've heard, you must have heard it all. Uh, I said, in the spirit of Thoreau, what seems clearer to you now? And he said, you know, Stuart, I've learned that I don't believe in words anymore. I only believe in behaviors. And he said, so you know what matters to me in a person is that they walk the talk, that their behaviors reflect their values, what they uh, talk about, what they say they stand for. They've got to have behaviors that are consistent with that or they're not in my room, to use your metaphor. And I said, yeah, I'm pretty much there too, Jerry. And so I think it is important. There's a lot of people out there. We live in a world of pundits. Uh, but I don't listen to people who aren't living their own principles, their own values, their own ideals. Because if I want to know what some of these values are, I know what they're doing. So you want to watch what they uh, watch what they do, and not put as much value in what they say. And folks, here's another show where you might be sitting there. I certainly have taken some notes. I always do when when Stuart's the one that's speaking. Uh, and then you say, well, this is a good idea. I'll really have to check who's in my room, you know, and, and let go of, of people that don't serve me, uh, serve, you know, my purpose, that we're not aligned, that we're not resonating. And I really need to do something about it. And so I want to share this with you. This is an original poem called If Not Now, When. Joyce, Barry, and Friends, the number one worldwide Internet radio show. This poem, an original by yours truly, is entitled, If Not Now, When? We are giving you the education. We are giving you the information. We are giving you the motivation. We are giving you the inspiration. What you really need to do is to put this into application. Do you want a transformation? You must use your imagination. It might take some perspiration. It's all in the preparation. You must really be sure there is no procrastination. It helps to have a fascination and very strong determination. You want a positive demonstration, achieve success in the administration. It really is the time. Give each show your consideration. What is your aspiration? What do you need for stimulation to get healthy and off that medication? To get wealthy, it's your destination. So make today the day for your participation. If you do, congratulations. If not now, when?
think that kind of drives home the points to it, what you were saying. You can have all this information and education, but it's really putting it into application, going into action that makes the difference. Yeah, and, and it really is developing, having skills, not information. You know, I keep saying to people, there's no transformation in the information. You know, there's only transformation in being moved and then being moved in a way to do something well. Uh, you know, when we had actualizations, Joyce, uh, we, we usually would start saying, well, what does actualization mean? Why do we call it that? Well, part of it was people like Rogers and Maslow and Fritz Perls were talking about self-actualization back there in the late 60s and the 70s. Uh, but the word to actualize means to make the spirit of the self real through action in the world. And I love that choice. It means that you're out there doing something well that makes a difference in other people's lives as well as your own. And I know for myself, I'm deeply moved by human excellence. I, a couple of years ago, I, I'm really into coffee, Joyce. I have a commercial espresso machine upstairs in the house, and I, well, I've finished now. I just just wonderful cappuccino this morning because I started the show. Uh, but so a couple of years ago, I was in Guangzhou in China. So Guangzhou's on the western end of this corridor where most of the world's stuff is produced, you know, iPads and iPhones and you know, all the clothing. And so we were doing a uh, uh, a successful the last seminar in Guangzhou for emerging Chinese entrepreneurs, wonderful people, a lot of them women now. And uh, and so I was going through coffee withdrawals, and my beautiful Chinese translator, she said, Stuart, I can't stand to watch you, um, so I'm going to take you and get you some coffee, good coffee. So she takes me on a walk, and we're heading towards a, the central railway station in Guangzhou. And she leads me downstairs and into a Starbucks. Well, you know, I... I I have the opinion that Starbucks actually isn't in the coffee business or in the flavored milk business, so I, I avoid <laughs> drinking Starbucks here in the United States. Why would I do this in China? She said, no, no, trust me. So we go down, and there is this Chinese guy, young man, with pink and purple and green hair and tattoos and piercing. I didn't realize you could actually be like that in China. And he's standing behind a beautiful Italian La Mazzocca espresso machine, which is what Starbucks started out with when they opened in Seattle, this world's best coffee machine. And he's just like into it. And the hardest thing to do in coffee is to produce a great shot of espresso consistently. So I asked him for an espresso, and he produced the God shot. Like we call them God shots because you taste it, and you go, oh, God. So I taste it, I said, okay, so now make me a cappuccino. So he made me a cappuccino with this beautiful latte heart, these wonderful beautiful heart on it and, and little flowers and I thought that's amazing so I threw it into I said where did you learn to do this <clears throat> and he said YouTube 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 <laughs> and he'd been watching the World Barista Championships on YouTube and what he wanted to do was to compete in the World Barista Championships so I'm inside of China so I'm in, in Starbucks I open up my MacBook I log on to the internet because they've got a Wi-Fi system there like they do in Starbucks everywhere. They're playing great music. Uh, actually, Jazz Goes to College, Dave Brubeck from the 60s, on better sound systems than you're used to hearing in the United States. It's an amazing experience in a railway station in China, an industrial city. So I open up my MacBook. I log on to um, Skype, and I call my friend Dan at homebarista.com in North Carolina, and he said, Stuart, aren't you in China? I said, yeah, I'm in a Starbucks in China. He said, get out of here. I said, no, I am. And I told him <laughs> the story of this kid producing great coffee. But, you know, the other thing, Joyce, was I realized that the world had changed. I mean, I had to go through all of these steps to get into mainland China, through double barricades. It was like crossing Checkpoint Charlie, I thought, uh, back in the days of the Cold War. And I think, but here I am inside a Starbucks watching this kid who wants to be a great barista and is committed to it. And he's right now, he's very, very, very good. 
and he lit up my life, and I watched him light up the life of people coming in for coffee. He's a good one. And this good one learned to be a good one. One, he just was into it. Two, he's able to watch it on YouTube. Three, I'm in the middle of a Chinese city in an industrial zone on a Skype call speaking to my friend in North Carolina. I mean, why do we bother with all of those barriers between countries? Once you can do that, uh, we have freedom. And uh, But it does inspire me, so obviously you can tell Joyce he's going to be in the Be a Good One book. But, you know, I do diverse things. I'm interviewing uh, some people here in San Francisco who are the best makers of Baroque musical instruments, specifically harpsichords and grand lutes in the world. I mean, we're very lucky in the Bay Area. You know, it's where the high-tech revolution started, the human potential revolution started. We have great food, great wine, great music. I mean, I'm just incredibly lucky that I never planned to come here. It wasn't part of my life plan. But it's what happened to me, because I've always been committed to either being good at something myself or having in my room people who were good ones. And speaking of people in your room that are good ones, uh, not only we had the best workshop leaders in Stuart and Carol, but they were awesome teams of volunteers. These are people like myself that love the courses so much that we volunteered our time, our energy. And I just have to share my uh, incredible experience. I tell the story often because that experience truly changed my life. Uh, it was my very first night as an assistant, and I show up to report uh, where they were giving actualizations at the time. It was at the Barbizon Hotel, which literally is one block from where I live, that hotel where the workshop was done. And um, I'm in the room, and the, this gentleman came in. His name was Michael Wyman. Never saw him, never heard of him, never met him before. And he just walked right over to me, looked into my eyes, and he said, how would you like to be in charge of registration? And I, I said to myself, I wonder why he knew to ask me that. I'm a stockbroker. I'm a master at sales. But how would he know that about me? We never even spoke. He, he, all he did was introduce himself as a team leader. So I said yes, and I was in charge of registration that night. You were the, the very, best. <laughs> the very next day, the office called, and they said, come into the office. We really want to talk to you because we had the most registrations that night ever in our history. Nothing even came close. And I said, well, that was because I didn't let anyone leave till they talked to me. If they were in the elevator, I said, just told that elevator you need to talk to me first. And I signed up everybody for everything that night. And they told me they never experienced anything close. So then they said that Stuart asked that I give a seminar to the staff and the volunteers on sales, on enrollments, and I never gave a seminar before. So I created my very first seminar called The Sale Begins When the Customer Says No. And I always said that's true for me because I just take the word no and I turn it around and I go on. It just turns me on because that's where I start when somebody says no. And I gave that sales seminar that night and then, you know, for quite a while after that. And then that is how it motivated me to become a seminar leader and give up being a stockbroker. That was my first seminar on sales. And then I moved to negotiations and sexuality and relationships. And I just love doing it with my own particular twist, which is called trans fun nation so people would have lots of fun in my classes and i was inspired uh and mentored uh by Stuart emery by his work and who he is and that he kind of discovered me and just one other thing that i'll never forget which to this day i tell the story of uh, we used to have team meetings with Stuart after every event uh oftentimes Stuart would sit on it and he'd say uh, did you speak to uh, Carol Smith? Did you speak to Michael Brown? And I say, you know I did because you sent them over to me to talk to me. He said, did you register them? I said, you know I did, or you wouldn't have sent them to me. And Stuart said these words, which I never forgot, I only knew they would not leave here with their arms and legs intact if they said no to you. <laughs> so I don't expect you to remember, Stuart, with your thousands of people, but that really was something I never forgot. 
Well, I, thank you. I mean, you were just phenomenal, and, and we wouldn't have been as successful as we were in New York had it not been for you and, and what you taught people. And, uh, you know, there's, a, there's another program there called uh, Money and You, and uh, that's, that's all over the wall down. Marshall Thurber, who founded it, um, started, taught it for the first time uh, as a, an actualizations graduate workshop. So, so one of the things I loved about what we did is it gave a, um, a platform, an opening platform for people like yourself, people like Marshall, who, who stumbled across something that they realized that was their calling. I mean, look how this changed your life. And I know you know how it changed your life, Joyce, but you didn't have it in your grand plan of things to do what you're doing now when you were starting out in life. That's absolutely true. You stumbled across it in an actualizations workshop. Uh, but you were always committed to doing things well. You were always committed to the human spirit choice. The first time I saw you, I knew that. And you are always committed to making a difference. And the way you were doing that at the time was in being a, a good stockbroker, being responsible for helping people be responsible for their own finances. Uh, so, so if I asked you what your passion was, you might have said, well, it's being a stockbroker. But what we do when we work with people, we go underneath that, we go underneath that, we go underneath that till we find out what the core is. And, and you found what your core was, sitting in an actualizations workshop, and look at you now. You found Thank the perfect you. expression for your core, doing what you're doing. And, you know, and you're a good one. Thank you. It isn't just taking the workshops. When you appreciate the leaders, when you learn so much, it's the assisting that you reinforce what you've learned and you have a real chance to make a difference. I know for me we always have these follow-up events like four days later, typically on a Thursday. And, you know, they would ask the graduates, well, what did you get out of the workshop? And I always carefully chose what I was going to say in a way that it would, people would relate to it. It was always true. It was right on point. But always after that event that people would come over, I signed up because of what you said. You really moved me. I could relate to you. And the key is that. You want to relate to people. You don't want to talk down to anyone. You don't want to talk up to anyone like they're more important than you. You just want to meet people eyeball to eyeball so you connect with each other. You resonate with each other because people are never going to buy your product or your service. They're buying you. It's their relationship with you. It's their trust of you that they will go ahead and do something. The product and the service has to stand up on its own merits, of course. It has to be good. It has to have integrity. But if you just come over and say, hey, I want you to take this workshop, best thing I ever did, and if they don't trust you, if they don't look at you as that role model, they're going to hardly even listen to you. But it's kind of like when you have that credibility, when they do trust you, then they're thinking, as that famous line from when Harry met Sally, I'll have what she's having. Oh, it's not a great line to us. I love that line. <laughs> yes, I do as well. So that was my very first training that I gave, and that's where my heart was. So even though I was literally one of the first women in the world to be a stockbroker with a lucrative career, once my heart was there, then I started doing workshops at night on weekends and coaching people at night and on weekends. Well, I didn't give up my stockbroker security for three years. I did both, and I had a full-time assistant in both, so it gave me a little bit of flexibility. But my heart completely left the stockbroker world because you're only as good as your last trade and how much money you make for people, whereas when you're a coach, you're, you're dealing into every aspect of people's lives, you know, whatever aspect they open up for you, whether it's their relationships or their financial uh, goals, whatever it is. I like dealing with the whole person, and then the next natural step was having the show Instead of coaching one-on-one or in a training, I know that I have a worldwide market, and a syndicated just uh, came to us only a week ago to say they want to pick us up, and they have a 6.4 million radius of people that they're dealing with. So I know I must be doing something right, and I know that 
Stuart Emery, you clearly were one of the first people that put me on this road, for which I will always be grateful. Oh, well, the world is grateful. I mean, you're living a life that is a gift to the world. And thank you for that, Joyce. So I'll come back to you with your final thoughts, but I just want to say that uh, one of the key elements when you're successful is to really be passionate about what you do so it doesn't feel like you're working. When I do the show, I'm not working. I'm passionate about what I do. When I'm coaching, it's the same thing. And uh, my website is Joyce Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, Dot com. You'll find hundreds of testimonials. You can Google me anywhere. You'll only find good things. Uh, my, my reputation is impeccable. And here are just a few endorsements of clients that said it's fine to air what they have to say worldwide. Joyce Barry is an outstanding success coach. She is a master coach, the best of the best. Here are just a few of her clients who want to endorse her. Marlon Brando. Harren Joyce as a coach is an awful you can't refuse. President Bill Clinton. I did not have sex with that woman. I did not have sex with Joyce. She is my coach. Sylvester Stallone. Yo, Adrian, Joyce is the best coach, you know. She helped me train for Rocky. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I hired the Joyceinator because no matter how much I may drive her crazy, I know she'll be back. President Ronald Reagan. Well, Joyce, uh, Nancy and I just love you. There you go again. Win one for the Barry. Elvis Presley. I'm all shook up about hiring Joyce as a coach. I'll get a little less conversation, a little more coaching. Jack Nicholson. If you could handle the truth, you want Joyce as your coach. Johnny Carson. I can hire Joyce as a coach? I did not know that. That is wild. Did you know that, Ed? Ho, 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 ho. Charlie Sheen, winning. That's because Joyce is my coach. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Woody Allen. Are you crazy? This whole time I haven't had Joyce Barry as a coach? Are you kidding me? Hi, Ted Siuba, and I think and grow rich. If you are thinking about hiring Joyce Barry as your coach, just do it, and we'll grow rich together. And even Joyce Barry herself. What do Olympic athletes have that you don't have? A coach. Hire me and have this be your best year ever. If not now, when? I want that gold medal. I want to hire me. Email coachjoyce at AOL.com. That's coachjoyce at AOL.com. And special kudos to our dear friend Kurt Fitzpatrick, the ever-talented Kurt. He's a master at improvisation, impersonation. He sings the opening number. He's a great friend of the show. And, you know, when people hear that, they say, I must be a good coach, given I was able to bring people back that are deceased to give me <laughs> acknowledgement. Did you find that to be fun, Stuart? Yeah, that was very creative, Joyce. I love that. <laughs> As I said, my technology is transformation, so we like to have some fun on every show. Oh, I and I would say that about you too, Stuart, that it was always fun to be in your workshops. Um, even your theme song, I never forgot it to this day. Every time I hear you are so beautiful, I go right back to that extraordinary experience in the workshop uh, at the very end. And it's just a, an amazing contribution to people. You are a contribution to people. Uh, you absolutely changed my life and so many other thousands upon thousands that you touched as well. So, again, it's just an honor to have, us, uh, have you with us today. Thank you so much, Joyce. Uh, I've, I've liked being on the show a lot, and it's, uh, I'm on your website now. It's a great site, and uh, you're very creative. And, uh, you know, I'm coming back to work, uh, do workshops again. I haven't done those for years. As you know, I've been mostly doing corporate stuff. So uh, we're doing another program on the things we'll be talking about today in Minneapolis, uh, starting August 23rd. And uh, it's been sponsored by my dear friend uh, Pete Bissonnet of Learning Strategies. So if people want to learn about that, it's uh, www.learningstrategies.com forward slash mastery. It's about being a good one. Who's in your room? Stuart, anything you do, you ace it, clearly. I, I, I've never been around you in any uh, workshop ever that I didn't get tremendous, tremendous value out of it. Uh, so... Uh, 
The other website, www.meetusinmaui.com. My goodness, that sounds awesome. It's truly one of my favorite places in the world uh, that I love so much. Uh, so it's very exciting that you're traveling around. I know you said something about coming to New York, but I'll be in Florida at the end of this month. So what are your final thoughts, Stuart Emery? And just know that you're always welcome as a guest, always, always, always. Well, it- you know, I think that what I want to leave people with is that uh, I watch people uh, worrying about what they ought to be doing. And I say, you know, what you want to be doing is to look deep inside and find out what it is that brings you alive and do that. Because what the world needs from you is for you to be fully alive. And uh, so that's what I want to leave people with. Find out what it is that brings you alive and then create a practice to become really, really, really good at it. And you'll change your life and a little part of the world around you. And, Stuart, you are, without question, simply the best. to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group, just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service, so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like Little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep, and she don't know where to find them. Yo! Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more.